Listening Dog Media. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Offside Rule. We get it. Brought to you by a Wolves fan, a Manchester United fan and a Liverpool fan. Hello there, it's episode 7 of the Offside Rule We Get It podcast and I'm joined by the usual twosome, gruesome, twosome, uh, Hayley McQueen. <gasps> Don't look in shock, you know you're a bit gruesome. It's not quite Halloween yet, but thanks. <laughs> and Kate Forsay. Hello. Um, time for us to get cracking on with this because we've got lots to get through in today's podcast. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk detentions. Did you ever get a detention at school, Hayley McQueen? I'm going to guess no. No, definitely never. How about you, Kate Borsay? Maybe once, once or twice. I think I made the mistake once and never again. I got put on report for, for not getting a good grade in, in something, which I thought was awful. Um, we're also going to talk not a cheese thief. I wish I could be one, though. I love cheese. In fact, before this podcast, we had cheese. In celebration, we ate cheese. Uh, we're going to talk about that, of course, because of Stephen Culker, who um, who mistakenly got arrested or uh, sort, of, sort of cautioned by police anyway for being a cheese, cheese thief at Tesco's, was yeah. it? I was thinking maybe he is injured because of the whole Felix McGat thing at Fulham <laughs> with the cheese rubbing into the injury type situation, but it's just too precious. You have to eat it, don't you, really? Which is what we did. We've not been rubbing it into each other's legs or anything. Well, it seems he's partial to a tub of soft cheese or two. So there you go. <laughs> well, I don't think I've given much away there at all about detentions and cheese thieves. But basically, we're going to be talking about a couple of things connected with those topics. Uh, I'll just tease you slightly by not revealing any more. Um, we're going to start, though, with looking over your shoulder. Um, this is all because of watching at the Premier League at the weekend. We saw that Joe Hart was on the bench at Manchester City playing Hull um, at the case. Stadium. I know that Manuel Pellegrini did say when he brings Caballero into the squad, he wants to give him a couple of games in a row. So he played in the Capital One Cup and then again at the weekend just gone uh, in the Premier League. So Joe Hart must be thinking, uh-oh, <laughs> am I going to get back in the first team here? Is this is what, what's going to happen? Thankfully, he didn't have that an astounding performance, did he? Because he did let a couple of goals in at the weekend. But did you see a couple of weekends in the press, Joe Hart had this sort of story planted almost about how he hadn't gone into contract negotiations. So I wonder if 
Joe Hart's got wind of the Caballero thing and is already via his agent making pleas to find out exactly where he stands in Pellegrini's thoughts. So the, the kind of media machine already seems to be working around it. Skeptical. Yeah, but it also must be really weird as a player when you're on that bench and you're wanting your team to do well, but secretly you want your place, so you want that player mm. to not particularly do well. But when you're a goalkeeper, obviously you think, well, you don't want him to concede goals, but then selfishly you kind of do. I wonder how he felt. And we know that there's a situation similar, don't we? I'm probably worse actually at Chelsea for Petr Cech. We know that he is a brilliant goalkeeper and would love uh, to be pantsing on Courtois' place if he could. He is there ready to do just that um one to mention but we're going to go for other examples girls so who else do you think should be looking over their shoulder they're facing stiff competition perhaps for their starting position i'd like you to pick a couple of players who you think will be chomping at the bit to leapfrog their opponents within their own squad can you call them opponents they are really their rivals aren't they um hayley mcqueen as usual starting with you well, you mentioned Chelsea there. Mine's a battle between two players that are world-class and you'd think that both of them would play. But no, because both of them are looking for that left-back position. You've got Luis Felipe. He still says he's happy at Chelsea under Mourinho. Only one appearance so far this season, but there's Aspil Equator. Now, Chelsea had the best defence in the Premier League, of course, uh, last season when Ashley Cole went. You maybe felt that uh, Luis Felipe would come in and fill that left-back position. But no, despite the fact he cost £16 million from Atletico Madrid and was expected to fill the berth vacated by Ashley Cole. It has been Azpilicueta who's taken that role and he's done it so very well as well. He's um, a player that's kind of a modern fullback in that you have to create assists. Apparently, Luis Felipe just doesn't quite do that. We've seen how well Chelsea have done with Azpilicueta so far this season and um, better kind of partnership between Ivanovic and Azpilicueta than there has been when Felipe has played, but then how do you get the chance if you're not being played? And it's just, it just must be so hard when you're just completely out of the team because you have another world-class player in the same position. And it's always hard when it comes to the defence because actually that's that's where you tend to make changes if you know your, your defence is slightly leaky and then you get the chance. But when you have a really solid back four and things are going well, you're not going to want to do that. I'm also going to look at defenders as well, but I'm going to dive into the championship for this one. Quite a few new signings at centre-back for Cardiff before the beginning of this season. Sean Morrison, Manga, probably those two feature the most regularly and you've got Matthew Connolly um, already at the club who's featured extensively in that position. Waiting in the wings though is uh, an ex-Severe player, Kala. By all accounts a very good footballer but he just can't break his way into that centre-back position. It doesn't help that Cardiff have got this wealth of other options there. He's untapped so far this season but he's a good player and there's no doubt about it. For me, he's most likely to come in and usurp either Sean Morrison and Matthew Connolly, who I think are most popularly paired there at centre-back. But it's a strange one, this one, because you've clearly got a very talented player and someone who I think played in the uh, Europa League final back a couple of years ago. So someone who's clearly got pedigree, yet he's struggling at Cardiff to get into position. Now, there are various reasons. Maybe he's had problems adapting since he arrived in January. But it's an interesting one, that one, because should he find form and should he get his place? he could retain it and knock someone else out. So it's always interesting looking at the battle of when someone wins a place, maybe because someone else has been injured and then manages to stay in that place as well and usurp the preferred, the original preferred option for the, for the rest of the season. It's interesting that we've all gone for defenders mm. here, uh, especially when Louis van Gaal and Arsene Wenger have indicated that there's a real lack of them. Um, yet we're saying that there's ones keeping others out. Um, I'm actually going to go with Arsenal. Um, let, let's also talk about, we know this feeling too well, girls 
ourselves um, being freelance broadcasters or staff broadcasters. Um, the fact that you really rarely want to go on holiday, do you? Because you think if you come back, it's like if you take a holiday from this podcast, you never know, you might not return. <laughs> do you ever feel like that? All the time, yeah. Um, well, that must be how poor Matthew Debushi feels because he's injured, isn't he? A very good um, defender, brought in by Arsenal from Newcastle. Um, he gets the diagnosis of three months out with ankle surgery and an injury, of course, opens the door for another player. And Arsene Wenger himself admitted that when he brought in Callum Chambers from Southampton, he was a player for development, someone to gradually bring on potentially for the future. But Callum Chambers is in head first. It's that old age swimming scenario, isn't it? Straight in at the deep end. Um, So at the moment, Chambers is doing brilliantly and probably is keeping Mathieu Debussy out of the side if he was to to want to come back in right now. I'm not sure he would get in. Just 19 years old. He's also looking to become a key member of the England squad in the future. He he made an England debut and that's that's his intentions. He wants to be a a regular part of that. Um, I was at the Arsene Wenger press conference ahead of the North London derby and he said, um, and, and answered a couple of questions about that I put to him about Callum Chambers that he was coping really really well with the pressure he also said that he's a little concerned by the three yellow cards that he's picked up because after five of course you miss a game Uh, but he said he thinks that's down to the fact that he's such a committed player and he does lack that bit of Premier League experience he said most importantly, and I really like that he said this, um, top-level competition is a pleasure and he wants Callum Chambers to carry on enjoying himself and inadvertently through that expressing himself. Um, I think Callum Chambers, he might have to make way when Debushi comes back because Debushi was so good before, but I think he will be an, a really good option um, and, and that's why perhaps Debushi, with his ankle resting and hopefully on a nice pillow, uh, will be looking over his shoulder, potentially over the end of his toes, uh, thinking what on earth's going on when he's looking at the highlights on Match of the Day? Because I think Callum Chambers doing brilliantly. Um, I'm going to quickly mention as well, Hernandez, I know that you touched on Real Madrid, Hayley, but Hernandez got off to a great start. Something that you predicted, you thought he might do quite well there. Yeah, I just thought he would fit in quite nicely and just bide his time. He was so desperate and chomping at the bit at Manchester United. Um, whereas at Real Madrid, he went knowing he wasn't going to be a regular starter, knowing he was just going to be on the bench and maybe just relaxed into that kind of a different mindset. But I have seen him play, obviously, at Manchester United, not just with the first team, but in, in, in reserve games and just seen how he is in training and as a person and was really hoping that he would go on and do great things. And fingers crossed that keeps up and he goes back to Manchester United because he's only on loan mm-hmm. as a much better player. But then at Manchester United, where is he going to fit? Because they have just a plethora of talent at the moment, apart from naughty Wayne Rooney, of course, who got that red card. and is Yeah, just... they could do with him for the next few oh. matches, couldn't they? Troublemaker. Breaking news, everyone. Stand by your beds. This is Jim White. You can download the Offside Rule podcast this very day. We're going to move on then. It is worth saying, um, because we've mentioned Real Madrid and we've gone abroad slightly in that topic, um, that we have got a brand new HTC Euro shows. We have a preview show, a review show. Uh, both of those bought to you with HTC. So get downloading only 20 minutes. Um, so it's your journey will fly by and you'll learn so much. And it's not all about Real Madrid. A few um, obscure teams, Europa League teams mentioned in this uh, last preview. Uh, let's talk um, women's football for a second then, because it's all getting rather tight at the top. I have no idea what's going to happen here. If we present the review show for BT Sport and each week uh, we do the table and we do the standings and you just don't know who's going to be at the top. Uh, Will it be Chelsea, Liverpool or Birmingham who are FAWSL champions? We're getting a little bit nearer. Sue Smith has got the latest update. (laughs) 
Sue Smith's WSL Roundup. Brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hey guys, here's my weekly roundup of women's football. This weekend, only two FAWSL 1 fixtures took place and two FAWSL 2 fixtures. I'll start with the most meaningful one, and that was Everton against Notts County. This was a massive game for both clubs who were desperate for the points to stay in WSL 1. Notts County won the game 2 0 with two goals from Aileen Whelan. This means that Everton are relegated to WSL 2. After 21 years in the top flight, it must be really difficult for the club and the players. But I know the team really well and they've got a great team spirit and work ethic and no doubt they'll stick together and they'll bounce back from this. Everton are a club renowned for bringing through young talent and I'm sure this will continue next season. The other game of the weekend was Bristol against Man City. Here the game finished 1-0 to Bristol, a Corinne Yorston header being the difference. So this means that Vixens leapfrog City in the league table with still a couple of games to go. In WSL 2, Reading got back to winning ways with a 5-0 win against Oxford and Aston Villa beat Durham 1-0. Just looking a little bit ahead now to the 16th of October and it's a Continental Cup final between Manchester City and Arsenal. It's at Adams Park Stadium in Wickham, so please go and support the girls. It's going to be a cracking game, I'm sure. That's all from me. See you all again next week. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Thanks very much for that, Sue. Any thoughts on who win the FAWSL? I'm only ever going to say Liverpool, aren't I? (laughs) I suppose. Silly question. We know it's not going to be Arsenal. No, no, I think that they're uh, perhaps going to come back strong next year, though. But it's quite exciting, though. It's like having Manchester United, you know, reigning supreme for so long in the Premier League, as has been the situation with Arsenal in the WSL for so long. It's quite nice that it's kind of all shaken up a little bit for the, for the good of the game. Uh, now, we realise that we have a golden uh, star pupil amongst us in with Hayley McQueen. No detentions for you as we move on swiftly to topic two. Um, and Kate Borsay, who, who tried her look once. <laughs> what was the detention? Was it writing or what was I actually think it was a skirt length. Oh, I, yeah, no. I, I actually think it. I, I, I'm trying to remember, and I've got a feeling there was a there was a teacher called Blanche Chatfield. Mm-hmm. So I'd just ask you to sum up what you think of that name and what you think of the teacher. She was pretty strict. Are you asking us to form stereotypes in our mind? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of thinking apply Blanche Chatfield to the, to the sort of Matilda film <laughs> and you might get there. And I'm pretty sure it was something to do with my skirt length or something, some attachment or accessory that I'd adorned myself with. You were showing your knees. <laughs> Remember like the swatch watches that you used to like press into your jumper to make a little... No. Okay. <laughs> uh, the reason I bring this up, girls, is because the London Derby saw Spurs pick up more yellow cards in a match than any other team in the Premier League this season. We knew it was going to be physical. We knew it was going to be demanding. Um, but who saw the referee pulling out his cards so many times? Uh, so going back over the Premier League era, who did you always wince at when you were watching, expecting them to pick up a yellow card or even a red um i want you to give me a lowdown on their bad disciplinary record uh, we will start this time with kate borsay well i've just done a bit of a trip down memory lane and thought about the various players who i always used to think oh he's going to get a red or if you're placing a cheeky wager perhaps you'd go yeah he's one now there's a really obvious one and i'm sure we'll all mention him but i'll leave it to Lindsay hooper to mention this particular player. Instead, I'm going to take you 
kind of down memory lane, a little bit more old school, perhaps, when I'm thinking about Big Dunk Ferguson. Mm. You could you could never rely on him to stay clean in terms of cards, could you? And must have one of the worst disciplinary records in the Premier League. I haven't looked it up, but I'm pretty sure it's bad. I have looked it up. And you're right, Duncan Ferguson comes out on top. Um, he actually surprisingly had um, equal amount of red cards with Patrick Vieira. Um, there was another player which I think will really surprise you who came out on top for this rather than number of red cards, because both of those had eight, by the way, in their careers. There's another player who averaged a red card every 25.83 games. So to clarify, this is the, the average amount of games it would take them to get a red card. So I know that you've got something to reveal, Hayley, about number of red cards, but have a guess. Um, well, when I was taking my trip down memory lane, I was thinking about midfielders and forwards who get red cards quite a bit you know you normally attribute it to a defender perhaps I was thinking very passionate midfielders I was thinking your Roy Keynes I was remembering Patrick Vieira's disciplinary record that can't be good either Alan Smith Arsenal's Alan Smith perhaps am I anywhere near it you're very near and and the Patrick Vieira you were right on number of red cards there's one that went on to have a very um illustrious movie career Oh, Vinnie oh, yeah. Jones. Yeah. Yeah, Vinny. So Vinnie Jones was second, but who topped the average games per red card record? You'll never guess this. I would have said Nemanja Vidic, maybe. Nope. Particularly in big games. Welsh, hard, but actually a striker. This is what's weird about it. Played for Celtic. Oh, hartson Yes. No John Hartson. John Hartson tops the lot for the average amount of games to get a red card. That really surprised me. Anyway, I've completely interjected and you were no. t- filling us in lovely. No. I like that, that sort of Wolverhampton speak. And you were filling us in lovely. <laughs> um, last season, Zabaleta got the most yellow cards, according to one site I looked at. Um, where's Brown? Most now, I was quite going to question this with who you're going to talk about. Clattermole is what I like to call him, anyway. Um, but uh, but yeah, apparently, uh, red cards not not good if you're Wes Brown last season. Haley, well, I'm going to chat about a player who's one of the best footballers in world football and managers. Oh. Lo- you know what? We should get a little Manchester United oh. <laughs> little theme tune just when I detect you are about to go into a Manchester United player. Am I right? Yeah. He is one of the best footballers, but the worst tackle as it is Paul Scholes. So bad. He's even booked in his final ever game. That's right. He's been shown the third most yellow cards in Premier League history um, with 97. His final booking was his 97th in 499 top flight matches. So really, that's pretty bad. Um, who comes after him? I'll tell you. Well, Kevin Davis of Bolton. He had 99 yellow cards in 442 matches. And Lee Bowyer as well. We knew he would have a bad disciplinary record on the pitch and off it as well in 397 games. Paul Scholes, he tries to back himself up as well. I remember interviewing him a few times and when you kind of mentioned the tackling, his eyes would roll and he wouldn't be very happy about it. He didn't like being interviewed anyway. He said, but look, of course I can tackle. There's lots of evidence of me being able to tackle. We tried to find it, but very rarely could we actually find Paul Scholes successfully tackling, he said. But, you know, it was always the back in the back of my mind. Um, I was just getting people back. If someone got me early in the game, I had to go back out and seek that revenge. But he was a brilliant, classy, wonderful, consummate professional, but his tackling was so bad, it's earned him that um, accolade. And he's had many things over the years. He's broken many records. This is one that he didn't really want, but it's, it's quite amusing, I guess.
and broken many other players' bones by the sounds of it. Uh, Lee Clatamole, Clatamole, um, as we'll fill you in. Um, it's obvious one, isn't it? It's an obvious choice, but let me give you a few more details about it. So at the end of last season, in fact, past last season, my, my stats sort of take me up until November time. Um, it covers lots of different sendings off, but he averaged a sending off every 26 games. Uh, so no wonder he got the nickname that he has. Um, at 25, he'd got the second highest amount of red cards in Premier League history with seven. Age just 25, he has calmed down slightly. Um, so let's go through his clubs. Surprisingly, never got a red card at Middlesbrough, Hayley McQueen. Uh, 69 games. I know he's a good friend of yours as well. Uh, but 69 games, didn't get a red card. At Wigan, 33 games, two red cards. But really top of the shop was Sunderland because 83 games, five red cards. This has taken us up to November last year. Um, so we might have added a few more yellows and, and things since then. Uh, the thing that I wanted to say about Lee Catamole, and you can actually have your say here, Hayley, as well, is that I think this possibly is what let him down on an England level. Because... At one, at one time, he was being talked about and heralded as a future England midfielder. And I think from, from that point of view, it's his bad disciplinary record that meant that he didn't have that success on an international stage. Yeah, I would agree so much. So I actually put him in my... I thought one time I made up a fantasy football team of people that I've known in football and have interviewed and become friends or people that I grew up with. I've known Lee since he was a, a kid, um, quite a bit older than him. Obviously, he was just a young whippersnapper when my dad was coaching him at the academy and I was kind of a bit older and made made not friends with them then but but knew them um so I kind of followed him so I stuck him in my fantasy football team and I, that's why I did so badly <laughs> obviously didn't put him in this time around and of course first weekend of the season he goes and scores a goal and he's actually been pretty good this season he's accumulated quite good points on fantasy as opposed to the negative ones that he normally notches up Okay, well, we wish him well for the rest of the season. I'm still not going to put him in my team. Um, I'm going to throw over now to Sean Thorne for this week's Twitter Topic of the Week. Twitter Topic of the Week. So this week's Twitter Topic of the Week was inspired by the BBC's Ben Smith, uh, who tweeted that Ashley Cole, when he was facing the media at Manchester City, he was making jokes, he was smiling, he was pretty relaxed, and looked like he was enjoying uh, life in Italy. So this week's topic is Brits abroad. Who are the best and worst British players who have played in another country? Well, Ben Smith, he got involved as well. Fair play to him. Uh, he suggested Ian Rush uh, when he was at Juventus. Uh, Ian Rush famously saying it was like living in a foreign country. Adrian Linning has suggested Ryan Gold, who have recently signed for Sporting Lisbon from Dundee United. Uh, he's being called the mini Messi. Big words there. Uh, Chris Brooks went for Stan Collymore at Oviedo. Uh, that's got to get a mention. Uh, for those who aren't aware, Collymore walked out on the club back in 2001, so it didn't end uh, too well there. Uh, for the better, though, Dom Dwyer at Sport in Kansas City, released by Norwich, but went to the US and became an MLS winner last year. Uh, Barry's gone for some English Galacticos in the form of Steve McManaman as an example of who is the best. And he goes for uh, Michael Owen in Jonathan Woodgate as the worst. And finally, Alex Wormall has said that sadly, Mark Hughes at Barcelona was terrible. Thankfully, his uh, buying experience was much better. Uh, Tony Woodcock as a, as a success and uh, also says that he loved Germany so much that he ended up managing and commentating there too. Thanks very much to everyone who got involved in this week's Twitter Topic of the Week. I've been Sean Thorne. I'll hand you back to the girls.
Twitter topic of the week there, but it's time for topic three. Not a cheese thief is what I called this. Um, if you were somewhere else last week, you will have missed the story that's poor Stephen Culker at QPR um, got mistakenly accused of stealing cheese from Tesco's. There are other supermarkets available. Um, I want another funny example of mistaken identities in football. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a mixture here of different stories. I'm going to save mine for the last. So who wants to go first? Hayley McQueen puts a finger in the air. Very student-like. I can see why you didn't ever get detention. <laughs> I had to sit at the front of the class <laughs> only because I couldn't see the blackboard. I have since had laser eye surgery, but that's the only reason why I didn't get into trouble. I wasn't ever allowed to sit at the back because my eyes wouldn't allow it. Man, talking of eyes... Wears glasses, 52-year-old IT consultant living in India, regularly gets mistaken for Robin Van Persie. That's right, <laughs> on Twitter. Do, yeah. Yes, there was, yeah. there was no likeness. Um, a big case of mistaken identity. Lots of people uh, tweeting him, congratulating him on his <laughs> wonderful season at Manchester United, the 29-year-old uh, um, who has his own Twitter account, Percy Official, not at RVP. Mm. Brilliant. You could probably sell that to Robin Van Persie for uh, an awful lot of money, but no, he gets really upset about it. And at first he couldn't understand why just this humble man living in India trying to make a career as an IT consultant move up the ladder within his company was getting not just hundreds of tweets, but tens of hundreds. Yes, that's right. When you have a look at some of the tweets, it's very, very funny. Even Manchester United themselves <laughs> tweeted Robin Van Persie in the very early days and therefore he accumulated thousands of followers. He since said, you know, I'm a big fan of Van Persie, so I understand wanting people to congratulate him and most of the messages or mentions are nice, but it's a real nuisance for me. I keep having to tell everyone I'm not Robin Van Persie and just blocking unwanted followers. He says he spent about 10 hours blocking four to 5,000 new followers wow. he massed. That was after the Aston Villa game with that wonderful goal, after, of course, Manchester United secured the Premier League title. So he literally went into meltdown <laughs> and he's the guy that's stopping meltdown on other people's computers throughout the world. Poor guy, I've got a really funny Twitter one to drop in because, of course, that happens a lot. I know people mistaken identity on Twitter with uh, Twitter handles. Um, spare a thought, though, for poor Phil Neville. Not the real Phil Neville, but Phil Neville, who is a salesman here in England. Uh, during the World Cup, he received uh, quite a few oh. tweets from people not that happy uh, and uh, comparing his personality to that of a radiator fitter. Of course, they thought he was fizzer. Phil Neville, uh, the commentator. So you've got to spare a thought for the people who who sort of uh, come on the bad side of this as well. I remember that at the time, and I think his wife tweeted actually saying, oh, "Poor, poor, really? yeah, oh. no, 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 oh, no." The, the, the other Phil Neville's oh. wife um, saying that she thought he'd do a much better job. <laughs> Quite oh. awful. Um, sticking with World Cup themes, um, this one. I've got to say it was a brilliant find and it was a complete fluke because I was having a proper scroll around the internet and managed to find this one. Um, the day after Brazil's scoreless draw with Mexico in Group A in the World Cup, a journalist is bound for Sao Paulo on a Brazilian flight. It was a Brazilian journalist. Have you seen this one? Uh, he thought he was getting the biggest interview going uh, around the World Cup because, of course, Brazil were the favourites then and it's in Brazil. You know, who else would you like to be sat next to on a flight other than Luis Felipe Scolari? And that's what he thought. So he sat down. He's a TV presenter as well. So he's obviously thinking his looks in. He can sell this to many different broadcasters. Um, he sits down and the man answered some of his questions. So an interview began. 
He then got the interview published in the leading newspaper in Brazil. He also went on and got it in a couple of other columns as well. The problem was that the passenger on his side wasn't Scolari. It was a lookalike. Now, this lookalike, I'm going to hopefully pronounce his name properly, but you need to have a look. Vladimir Palamo. Uh, he'd gone to Rio to take part in a TV comedy programme, a bit like Mot the Week or something that we have here, uh, where he plays Scolari. Oh. But he actually went and took part in this interview. He conducted, he answered all of the questions. He was travelling as well with a lookalike of <laughs> Neymar. <laughs> So, of course, he thought he'd got Neymar as well. Um, After it emerged that both of them weren't, in fact, on that flight, uh, the two newspapers who broadcast uh, the interview had to apologise for the mistake. Uh, The lookalikes, I think, got a little bit more business off the back of it, so they weren't too displeased. It was cheeky of them not to say, because there's a really famous lookalike, Sven Goran Eriksson, isn't there, here, who I've met at a few sort of parties and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I have. He's a lovely man, actually. (laughs) Very well known on the lookalike circuit. Um, I've actually voiced um, an advert. It's a YouTube advert where he's in it. I didn't meet him, but it was all for a cancer charity. And I have to do, you know, check your balls, lads, sort of stuff. Um, And yeah, he's in it as Sven. Yeah, very nice man. But you would have thought that fake Luis Felipe Scolari would, you know, stop and say, now I have to make you aware. It's a little bit cheeky that he didn't. uh, And neither did Neymar pipe up as well, did he? The fake Neymar, of course. Uh, Mistaken identity comes up, of course, on the football pitch as well. A couple of mentions for this one most recently, where poor old uh, Kieran Gibbs got sent off, didn't he, by Andre Mariner instead of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. It happened back in uh, 2009 with Manchester United. You can kind of understand this one, where... um, Fabio De Silva was booked by Chris Foy against Barnsley in the Carling Cup, and you've got this one as well. Instead, it was his twin brother, Raphael. But then I just thought, gosh, this is a marvellous ruse, isn't it? You know, if you want to interchange players, just get a couple of twins playing for you and just say, oh, no, 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 it was him instead. It wasn't me. It was my lookalike brother. If I was a twin, I'd have so much fun. (laughs) Identical twins, it must be the best. Um, I'm going to just say farewell for this podcast to our beloved listeners. I am going to encourage you as well, by the way, to go over to our website, website offsiderulepodcast.com for latest blogs and also latest news on there. If you are wondering what happened to our foreign roundups, they're now deflected over to our new Europods uh, brought to you with HTC. There's a couple of those out this week, so get downloading and listening to those. Uh, We've got the Offside Rule channel on YouTube as well, the Offside Rule TV, and also you can follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod. Well, we've had a disciplinary and it ended up being a bit of a school theme running through this episode of the Offside Rule. We get it. So I'd like to thank our listeners for being well behaved disciplined and prefect perfect um yeah thank you very much for listening goodbye the female take on football sports social podcast network with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.